Welcome to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. Our hope is that you are blessed and that your relationship with God continues to grow and flourish. The next voice that you'll hear will be that of Bishop Brown. Thank you for listening. The Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. What to do when your family is under attack? You may have your seats with your Bibles open. What to do when your family is under attack? It should be no surprise that everything that God institutes, the enemy seeks to steal, kill, and destroy it. Even God himself had to deal with satanic attack personally when uh, Lucifer, the leader of the choir, in the, in the heavenly presence, decided that everything God had and everything God received, Lucifer decided that he himself deserved that as well. He says to himself, I will, I can and I should. And in essence, he and about a third of the angels were kicked out of heaven. And consequently, when they were kicked out of heaven, uh, they uh, developed, if you will, a plan uh, to uh, attack everything that has God's fingerprints on. Um, the most prized possession of God in my humble opinion is the family. I should have, I know I should have more amens than that right there. The most, the most, pri the, 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 the most, the most prized possession, uh, earthly speaking, is the family. Because it is the family that that creates for every child born into it a picture of who God is. And specifically, where there is a father in the family, the father becomes, in a real sense, for every child born into that family, uh, becomes a, a picture of uh, 
divine fatherhood. When, 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 when a father is providing the food that babies eat or drink, as it were, uh, when he provides uh, the house, the home, the location, uh, the clothes, and all that go along with that, uh, the child gets uh, a picture, at least, of, of how God the Father cares for his own children. Um, every father ought to be the first pastor that a child ever knows. Every father ought to be the first teacher, uh, the first provider, the first protector of his family. And, and, and God designed it that way, uh, not by accident, not because God uh, was, is so narcissistic that he wants everything to look like himself, but, but God knows according to or using the vernacular of the 1950s era TV show, Father Knows Best. But everything that God creates and or created, the enemy is adamant about destroying. And we live in an era where the family as God designed it is disintegrating and deteriorating before our very eyes. Over, over, over 30 years ago, I would hear my father in ministry, and his words still ring in my ears. And he would make this statement, and, you know, I mean, it, it was a, a mind-blowing statement, but, you know, I just didn't fully understand it. But my father in ministry, Dr. A. Lewis Patterson, Jr., who is now in the presence of the Lord, would say often, whatever is not protected in one generation, will be neglected in the next generation and rejected in the following generation. And he would always say this, and I've lived long enough to see all three come to pass. And I got to now chime in with Pastor Patterson and acknowledge that I have seen each of these phases come to pass. Yeah, there were, there were some things back when I was a kid that was just standard operating procedure. And, and you know, uh, the, 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 the powers that be, uh, the creation decided that, you know, maybe this, this family as God designed it, uh, that just doesn't really fit me. I, 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 I'm smart enough, though I've only lived on planet Earth for a short season, but I'm smart enough to figure out what works best for me. And so I, I see what God says about all this, you know, but, but, but I think I'm going to approach it another way. And with enough pressure and persistence and with enough uh, ostracizing and enough uh, politicizing, we have seen the family, and I'm not speaking necessarily of your family, but the family at large, we've seen that deteriorate from being the norm to being just a way to do family. I hope you can hear my heart 
and somewhat read between the lines. I ain't scared to talk about nothing, but, but my goal here today is, is not to uh, insult or offend, but I ain't trying not to offend or not to insult either. Yeah, I'm not trying to hit anybody, but I'm not trying to miss anybody either. Because until and unless we, the church, the called out community of faith, recognizes that God has a standard. God has a standard for every aspect of life. And there is room within his standard for us to, to grow and experience and all that goes along with that. But there are some fundamental principles that are non-negotiable. Now God is uh, old enough to know. He's been around long enough to have seen the various changes that humanity has gone through, the various evolutions, the various revolutions. He's, he's aware of every one of those details. The stuff we see today is no surprise to God. And that's why God has given us a permanent record that, that will stand the test of time that was, is designed to teach us how to do life. And to the extent we commit ourselves to the word of God, as the standard for life and practice is to the extent we will experience the joy, the peace, the prosperity that God has, has, has designed us to experience. But when the creation decides that it knows more than the creator, my, my, I've got two children, it's Father's Day, I can talk about them. Not, not, neither one of my children when they were babies, young, you know, toddlers, neither one of them and one of them ever agreed with their parents when it was time to go to bed. Now, if your children were different, praise God for you. Neither one of my children. Of course, Terry wasn't that hard to get to go to bed. But that little girl of mine, they, they knew what time they needed to go to bed. In most cases, it was never until they just decided to go fall asleep. They knew what they should eat. They knew what they should wear. My wife had to go to work one day or somewhere. My baby girl was two, not even two. I'm left in charge. Her mother had already combed her hair, fixed it up, cute. All I had to do was dress her. And I, I tried. I tried. Have you ever seen an MMA fight? It's different than boxing. It's one of those kind of fights where anything goes. I felt like I was in the ring with the worst or the baddest MMA fighter trying to get this daughter of mine to wear the clothes that her mother set out for her. And this 
little diva did not want to wear it. She's not even two. Guess who won that fight? She did. She knew what she should be wearing. Because, because, because there is something built into all of us that makes us believe that we're just a little bit smarter than the next person. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You 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 sitting there looking at me, but 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 there's something in you uh, that's that's already saying, okay, now he should be wrapping this up right along, right about here. Oh, he should not have said that. Oh, he needs to talk about this. There's something built into us that makes us believe that we are so smart that God just gave us a little bit extra. And so, so humanity has decided that humanity knows more about a family than God knows. And, and from the beginning, Satan has sought to unravel, un, to unravel. He has decided that, that since he got kicked out of heaven, he is going to use any means necessary to, to change what God has designed in, in order to fit the, the whims of humanity. And he has been influencing the world in that vein ever since. So, so what we have to know today is that the family as God designed it is under attack. Right now, today, the family is under attack. And, and everything you see happening in society uh, is a chipping away at the foundation, at the very fabric of what God calls family. David, the great king of Israel, was not exempt from an attack on his family. David goes and he is, <laughs> Israel is at war um, with the Philistines, as was a common theme throughout David's and others' reigns. And, 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 but now David was not the king, at least he was not in office at the time. Saul was in office, but Saul was without anointing. Because of his disobedience, God snatched the authority from Saul and put it on David. You do know God can fire you and you may not know it. And so, and so while Saul has this thing going on, he's also attacking David. Because of his own jealousy and insecurity, and I, that's a whole nother sermon. But, but the reason why David is, is on the run is because Saul is after him, even as Saul is fighting uh, his enemy. It's a dangerous thing when you think uh, somebody is your enemy that's not really your enemy. Uh, that's another sermon. Just, just keep coming because so one of these sermons is going to get preached one of these days. And so David, while running from Saul, is still now trying to serve Israel. And so he, quote unquote, partners with Achish, who was the king of the Philistines. And, uh, and he partners with him and, uh, and, and, and he makes Achish believe that he was fighting against Israel on Achish's behalf. And so one of them days when, 
the Philistines were about to go into a direct war, a direct conflict with Israel, uh, uh, the leaders of the Philistine comes to Achish and say, man, now what are you doing with this guy? What, what, why do you have David so prominently involved in our battle? To which he responded, well, I find no fault in him. He's been doing a great job for us. And they said, no, we cannot have the enemy fighting with us against the people that he's from. Bottom line is they kicked David out of the Philistine army. And so now David returns to a place called Ziklag, which, by the way, was given to David by Achish. And, and, and David's two women, two wives were there, along with their entire families, the families of all of the men who were fighting with David. They were all in Ziklag. They had gone off, the men had gone off again to war, and when they came back to Ziklag, they found out that the enemy had attacked their land. I need to say something right here. David and his men had gone off to war. They were fighting they would suggest, on Israel's behalf, which, which, by the way, meant fighting on God's behalf. But they were not home while they were away fighting. See, what we've got to understand, men, fathers, brothers, is that it doesn't matter why you're not home. It just matters that you're not home. The enemy is always looking for an opening, a window, a door, a peephole, a crack. A, 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 he's always looking for any way possible to infiltrate your family. And it doesn't matter why you're not there. It can be noble. It can be you are. And here's the challenge for, 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 for men. On the one hand, we are called to provide for our families. Right? Man who does not work ought not eat. Of course, it's a different day now, I told y'all. Where the man is laying up on the divan. Anyway. Man is called to be the provider for his family. But unless he has a stay-at-home job, he's got to go to work. And normally, that's outside of the home. But he's also called to be the protector. <laughs> Tell me, how do you provide and protect at the same time? It, 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 we are automatically put in a seemingly no-win position. But, but this is where the woman comes in. Because her role is to take the principles that hopefully the father is teaching and leading with. And and sharing those uh, and reminding those children of those principles. Now, my dad is in heaven right now. We didn't have the greatest relationship. But let me tell you one way my mother could always get me straight. Let me just tell you right now. When my, when my parents were together, one way my mother could always get me straight was to say, well, wait till your daddy comes home. Anybody can identify with that? 
Oh, come on, y'all. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. It didn't matter what I was doing. It didn't matter how much fun I was having. When she said those words, well, wait till your father comes home. It ruined my day. Because now I'm sitting watching the clock. Oh, Lord, what? I'm smoking cigarettes. I'm uh, not really, but I'm I'm like I'm nervous. I'm I'm cuz cuz see when daddy came home, the whole atmosphere in the house changed. Look, my my daddy didn't ever tiptoe in the house. He came in You knew he was home. And you didn't want a bad report Meeting your daddy at the door. I need counseling to this day. But, 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 but my point in all of that is to say this. That, that, that our, our charge, our, our command, our job is to provide and to protect. And, 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 and it's, it's a challenge because sometimes, you know, um, men get chewed out by their women if they're not providing at a level acceptable to her. Brother, I wish y'all would say something in this house because I'm, 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 I'm out here on this island by myself getting in trouble with the sisters. At least y'all ought to have a... But y'all gonna make me talk street talk now. Look, if he's, if, he's, if he's not working the kind of job or the kind of hours that brings in the kind of revenue uh, that... That, that my daddy used to provide, then, you know, he's treated a little, you know, not quite right. Disrespected and, you know, dishonored. Okay, so, all right, well, I'll tell you what then. I'm going to go and get more hours on the job. I'm going to start working some overtime. I'm going to do that. Now, you ain't ever at home. You ain't ever available to take me nowhere. My girlfriends, them, they go out all the time with their husbands, their men, and, 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 and they, they always, you know, partying and at the club and all of this. But, but I either got to go stag or I just got to stay at home with the, ch you know. I believe Bobby Womack spoke to this one time. Obviously, y'all know who Bobby Womack. Bobby Womack said, "Wait a minute now." Anyway, I, I can't. I can't. I got it. I got it. Look. So, so, so David and his men are doing God's work. They are, they, are, they are at war for the cause of Israel and all of that. And while they are away doing that, uh, the enemy shows up at Ziklag and burns the city and kidnaps the wives and the children. See, the enemy as I suggested, is always looking for an opportunity. And brothers, we've got to become mindful of that. You've got to become mindful of the fact that when you send your children off to school, first of all, our children are in school far longer than they're at home. Because when they get home and then they are, you know, let's say they get home. I don't know what time kids get home now from school. My child's grown. But I think they probably get home around, what, 4 o'clock, 3, 4, what, 3? 
some cases six, right? All right. So that means that they have been under somebody else's influence for, let's just say, eight hours. They come home. Of course, there might be a, 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 a bus ride home or a or a, a Uber home, whatever. They get home when they get home, and they 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 chill, take clothes off, put. Well, we used to, have to take our school clothes off and put play clothes on. I, I'm, and 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 uh, and uh, start playing video games, whereas we used to go outside and play until the street lights. And and then and then there's dinner. Hopefully, we take a lot of stuff for granted, don't we? Hopefully, there's dinner, and then uh, at some soon point they are. Somebody's going to bed. The parents may go to bed first. I don't know how it works now, but somebody's going to be going to bed soon. The point is, is that the time available to, 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 to impress upon children a biblical and godly uh, uh, worldview uh, is very limited. So that means that, that, that you got to pray that the teacher knows the Lord. You got to pray uh, that the fellow students uh, come from a home where the Lord Jesus Christ is promoted and, 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 and talked about uh, because otherwise our children are in environments where atheists and agnostics right, are influencing their children who are then influencing your children. And if you think your child is not influenced by their peers, you got another thing coming. You looking at somebody that was influenced by their peers. So, so when your kid comes home, you don't know what he or she has been exposed to. They can run circles around you surfing the web or surfing a, a, a AIGPT chat. They can get any information they want to get. They know more about sex than you know. This is, where the, this is what, 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 the, what, what the fight is about. It's the head and the heart. And so... And so, brothers, while you out working and, you know, maybe after work you hanging out with the fellas or whoever you're hanging out with, I ain't trying to cause no trouble with nobody. I'm just trying to, by the time you get home and the sun has gone down, your window of opportunity to sow into your kid has closed. And then you got to get up and go to work at 6 in the morning. So you miss the kid in the morning in many cases. And all I'm saying is that it doesn't matter why you're not there. It matters that you're not there. Now that's in a best case scenario home where both parents are living in the home. How many homes does the father not live with his child? I grew up that way. I grew up with, started out with my mother and my father and me and my brother in one household. And then they got divorced. Three times. Mama, I, you, you know I love you. Because my mother, my mother watches every stream. I'm not saying anything that's not true. And, 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 and I didn't realize just how powerful the impact of that w would be. <laughs> Let me tell you how simple, one of the simple blessings I had in my life is teaching my son how to tie a tie. That's one of the great joys I had. You know who taught me how to tie my tie? 
Mr. Broussard who lived across the street. Because it happened in one of those between and betwixt one of them divorces when daddy was gone. And something came up and I needed, I had, I had to grow from the clip-on tie, which I could handle pretty well. Brothers, y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? So now I needed a, a tie tie. And I didn't know how to tie it. And so Mr. Broussard across the street taught me how to tie my first tie. Small things. But it's the little things that end up costing the most. I've taken a, a, lot, a lot of time here. I want to say three things to summarize this chapter. When, when David came home to Ziklag, saw that the city was burned, saw that all of their stuff had been taken, and then saw, most importantly, that their women and children had been kidnapped. The Bible says that all the men cried out, cried out. They cried. When they came to an awareness that they had been attacked, they cried out. And it was in that moment that they said, oh, my God, we've been away from home and the enemy has been home. While we've been away doing good work, we have neglected our greater work. See, my greater, my ministry is to serve the Judson and the Liberty Churches. It's my ministry. But my greater ministry is what happens in my house. And I got to be honest, I have not been as available as I should have been over the last 31 years. I'm not going to even ask you brothers to, 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 to raise your hand. Three things I want us to understand. Number one, brothers, we've got to wake up. Please write that down. Wake up. Wake up to the reality that, that, that our families, our wives, and or our children are within the scope. This is a scope on a gun, if you will. And the enemy is looking to target our, our children. He's, he's looking, and, and, and can I tell you something? He is not omnipresent, but he's in a bunch of doggone places. You ever, you ever, you ever deal with your child and they one way today, and next time you see them, you're like, who, who is this? We've got to wake up. There are forces around our children, spiritual and physical, that are seeking to lead our children to destruction. Because any direction away from God is destruction. That's a bar right there. That's a tweetable moment right there. Any direction away from God is what? Destruction. And sometimes, unbeknownst to us, we cooperate with the enemy. When I was a kid, at some point, because my mother worked, she was what was called back then a beautician. She had her own beauty shop. She did well. She worked long hours. So my brother and I became what is classically called latchkey kids. 
Now, fortunately, in that day and time, the worst you could see on TV was Popeye beating up Bluto as they fought for olive oil. Y'all are too young, man. Y'all are too young. The worst you could see was the Three Stooges and Moe beating up Curly and Moe and, and, and uh, that other one, Larry. The, the worst you could see back then was, you know, a Western that had no black folks and was always fighting against the Indian, Indians. That's the worst you could see. We had three channels. Well, we had more than three, because we had ABC, NBC, CBS, and then we had, uh, 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 it was called Channel 39 in Houston, Channel 39, 26. It was like the UHF channels. I, I don't even know how they got on TV, but that's where you can find. But, but, but there was nothing X-rated. And we looked for it. We tried to find it. The worst trouble, look, the worst stuff we got is my friend Cedric, that's Mr. Broussard's son, would take, would sneak out of his daddy's house some Richard Pryor albums. We, we'd smuggle them albums like we had crack. And we'd get them albums, and I had a record player. See, when, that's another story. I had a record player. And boy, I'd, we'd put the record on the thing, close the door, and we would just be like, <laughs> oh my God. We, he had the Richard Pry album, he had the Dolomite. And man, we became, a I can quote any Richard Pryor routine right now. But that was bad, but it wasn't today's bad. Your children have access to stuff that you don't even know how to turn it on. You don't know, you're looking for the own switch. The phones that they have are the most powerful computers. And they can access anything and anybody in any shape, form, or fashion. It doesn't matter. And it, they can be people from Japan. They can be, it can be, and, 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 and we wonder why. Because the enemy has infiltrated your house. You would never, brother man, allow a man to, to come through your front door with a, with, and attack your family. You wouldn't, do, you wouldn't allow that. But we allow that every day electronically. So wake up. So wake up, man. I understand that, 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 that when there are, is divorce, it brings about challenges that have to be worked through. But can I tell you something, brothers? It's worth whatever you got to do to stay in harmony with your mother's, with your children's mother so that you can maintain access to your children on a consistent basis. It's worth it. Swallow your doggone pride. Because if you're not raising them, somebody else is going to raise them. It's worth it. Whatever you got to negotiate, Whatever it costs, whatever it takes, they got to hear your voice. They've got to feel your touch. They need to know what a real man feels like. And they, they need to understand that a real man is never going to try to exploit you mentally, emotionally, or sexually. 
But when you allow your, your disagreements with the baby mama to, to cause you to divorce her and the children, well, next thing you know, uh, somebody else is going to be presiding over your child, your young daughters, your young sons. And my son was about three years old. And I used to go to the Baptist bookstore, which is now called Lifeway, downtown Houston. I used to go there regularly. And so he was with me one time and I'm I'm, I'm going through books, shopping and all that. And um, there was another little boy, um, little black boy, little African-American boy. And, uh, and that little boy had a lot more energy than my son did. And, uh, but, you know, kids, they connect. And so they both running around the store and all that. And so I got to tell my son, you know, we don't do that. I'm, you know, son, come in, you know. And I got, got and, and so, so finally, I'm checking out my purchases at the register. And uh, my son is right there with me. And then the little boy is also at the register because he's with my son now. You know, they partners. And I see and sense the little boy looking at me. And then he asks my son this very intriguing question. He looks at, my, at me and looks at my son. He says to my son, is that your uncle? It disturbed me. Because anybody who knows me and my son knows that he is a carbon copy of his daddy. I mean, less the muscles and the, all of that, you know. But he, his, he, he we, and so my son responded, he said, no, that's my daddy. Like, nigga, what? I'm sorry, y'all forgive me. Uh, these are not the views of Judson Baptist Church. It was my own. But it was like, how you jump to uncle? And it, and it, and it finally dawned on me that very likely, this little boy has only seen uncles in his life. And by uncles, I don't mean uh, the sibling of his mother. You know how sisters, maybe not you, but some sister you know, when you got another brother man coming to the house and you just, you just say, oh, that's, just, that's, uncle, that's uncle Mike. You know, Uncle Mike been coming around the house quite a bit now. You know, that's, that's Uncle Jim. That's Uncle whatever. And I believe that's all that that young man saw because it, it didn't even register that I was my son's father. This was 27 years ago. I don't know what that little boy would have said now. wake up. When David woke up, everybody around him was attacking him, right? They wanted to stone him. And the Bible says, but David strengthened or encouraged himself in the Lord. See, this is the same David that said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. See, David had a relationship with the Lord. This was not David's first experience with, 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 with major challenges because you do recall this is the same David that, that, that had a fight with Goliath. Well, we call it a fight. It really was a beat down on David's part uh, uh, as God used him with, with the five smooth stones, less four of them, uh, to, to sink the stone into the skull, the forehead of Goliath. So David was not unfamiliar with trouble. But when it's your child and your wife, 
it hit him hard. And, and so David had to turn to the Lord. And so not only did David wake up, David prayed up. Because the Bible says right after that, that, that David went and talked to the priest and got the priest to give him his, uh, his ephod, which was the garment used to go and talk to God. And while wearing the priest's ephod, uh, he inquired of the Lord, uh, what should we do? See, brothers, I understand that we live in a society that specializes in discouraging fathers. Yes, we do. We, we're discouraged from, from spending time with our children. We're discouraged. They, they throw everything at us to keep us from, and sometimes we buy into it. We, we, we just have to, we give up. But David didn't give up. And David, David said, okay, I'm awake now, but now I've got to, I got to talk to God about this. This is, this is above my pay grade. This is too big. I got to talk to God about it. And David prayed and inquired of the Lord, what should we do? And guess what God told him? God said, go get your family. Uh, those are my words, not the text words, but go get your family. If you can't go get your wife, go get your kids. I don't mean go kidnap them. I mean uh, go and get into their lives. Help them with their homework if you can. It, it's not always easy, you know, when you ain't been exposed to what they're exposed to. But, but, but show that kind of support. Try. Know who your children's friends are. We don't, we don't ask the questions that they used to ask when, when I was a kid. Uh, uh, boy, who are your people? Who? And don't be trying to bring no, me, bring no girl to the house, or, or if you're a young lady back in that day, bring a boy to the house. They're going to go through a whole CIA investigation. Well, 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 where are your people from? Uh-huh. Well, what church they go to? Uh-huh. Um, 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 yeah. But we don't care about that no more, do we? We don't even ask those questions anymore. We just, we just trust the judgment of the kid. Your kid could be bringing in the next serial killer, the next rapist, the next whatever. And we just, come on in. Brothers, wake up. Brothers, pray up. And then when, when he prayed, God told him to go get, go get him, go get his family. Um, he knew, David knew, that there ain't no getting his family without a fight. Without a fight. Now, you might not be a born fighter, but you got to come to the conclusion there are some things worth fighting for. There are some things worth dying for. And these people that live in, in the house I live in named Brown, look, I'm going to die for them. I, if I have to, I don't want to. But don't put me in a position where I got to die for y'all. Because I will. Because I will. If you won't die for your flesh and blood, your children, your wife, let's just retitle you. Let's just take that moniker of man off of you. That's too big a burden for you. Some, some things are worth fighting for. I fight for this church. I fight for, I fight for liberty. I let a lot of stuff go. I'm a peaceable man. Pastor Brown, Bishop Brown, Reverend Brown, Brother Brown is a nice guy. Tries to be at least. But I wasn't always Brother Brown. Wasn't always Reverend Brown. Wasn't always Pat. Wasn't, wasn't always that. 
And whatever I was before that, I still is. And when you, when you, when you, you know, short in stature, so to speak, and, and, and don't have all those obvious tools of combat, you got to fight differently. So I'm saying all that to say, let, let's just go back to the lesson, to the text. Listen, we've got to wake up, we've got to pray up, and we've got to fight up. We got to fight up. And listen, and listen, and, and most of these battles uh, are in the spirit realm, which is where many times uh, we lost, we've lost before we start because we don't even know the word to know how to fight. How do you fight a spiritual battle when you don't even know how to find Genesis? Or if you know, you, you might know it from rote memory, but do you know how to apply it? But then you won't come to be taught. Because remember, I told you, we've got a built-in defective mechanism that makes us believe we know it all. When your family's under attack, and I'm telling you right now, it is. They are. So wake up. Pray up. And fight up. And guess what happened? David got it all back. David, David got it all back. Matter of fact, he got it all back. And even all the fellows who didn't go with him, uh, they shared in the spoils. Everybody will be blessed if we wake up, pray up, and fight up. But what we cannot do is just throw up our hands and give up. What we cannot, what is not an option. Don't give up on your children. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your grandchildren. I, listen, I don't have grandchildren yet, but, but I'm at least right now trying to instill by, by, by word and deed a, a way of life, not that I'm walking on water or any of that kind of stuff, but, but that I'm seeking to serve the Lord in a way that my wife and my children and then hopefully their children will understand that we we, we, our foundation is a faith in the risen Savior. And I'm praying that, 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 that one day when I'm in heaven, uh, some little boy or some, little, or some person, some man or some woman will come to me and say, Hey, great-grandpa, I never met you on earth, but I thank you. Because you put something in my, in my mother or my father. You never got a chance to know me. But I know you because I serve the same God you serve. I want, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a foundation. I want to leave a, 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 an awareness. We got to care about that. And what we do now informs what will happen later. I don't care what mistakes you've made. I don't care what absenteeism you've experienced. Start right now. Call your child, your children. And just let them know, baby, I'm sorry, dad has been missing. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. It's my fault. It's not your fault. Sometimes we put all this, all this on the kid. Well, they ain't called me. Well, who had who?
That was your seed. Lord, we thank you for the challenge. For every father present. And I stand, Father, convicted. That I haven't been present enough. That I haven't been intentional enough. That I haven't been woke enough. And prayerful enough. Haven't fought enough. But I thank you, Father, that though I have come short, number one, you're the God of a second chance. And that, too, you make up the difference. So as I stand before you right now, Lord, I'm praying right now for every husband, every father, every stepfather, every grandfather that's under the sound of my voice, virtually or physically. There's so many hurting people who have been traumatized because of the absence of their fathers whether it's because he died young or when they were young or whether it's because he divorced the mother and the children or whether it was because it was just an inerrant just an errant seed planted that was never that that that, that he never intended to follow up on Whatever the case is, Lord, you are ultimately our ever-loving and everlasting Father. So I pray that you would comfort. I pray that you would ease the trauma. And I pray that you would give a testimony to each and every one of us. That because you are God and because we belong to you, you can help us to transcend even that which we have missed. If there's somebody here today and this word speaks to you, particularly a father, the word speaks to you and, and you want to do better just as a result of what you've heard today, I want to ask if you would stand with me, brother man. If you would just stand with me. I see you standing. If you would stand with me. I know I've not been a good enough father. And I've, I've done what I thought was my best. But I know I could have done more. I know I could be more. I know I can all of that. I know I can pray more. I know I can fight more. There's two men who's standing with me right now. Maybe three. Who I'm just asking if, if that word has spoken to you. Don't let the enemy or ego. Harden your heart so much that you are arrogant enough to believe you ain't got no room to grow. That's not what time it is. I see somebody that just stood. I want to have a word of prayer for fathers, and I want you to be in on the prayer. Lord, I thank you for these men, these fathers who are standing to own that we've not been all we could or should have been for whatever the reason, oh God. Because it doesn't matter what the reason is. What matters is that we've not been as present as we could or should. And Father, I'm praying right now that for my children and theirs, that, that you will, Father, make up the difference. In fact, on our best day, we need you to make up the difference. But Lord, would you move and minister in each of our lives? Raise up, Lord, a new, a new army of fathers 
that will take our roles seriously. That will recognize that, that we can't do it without you. And Father, I pray for victory. Victory in our own walks. Victory in the lives of our children. Victory in society because Father stood up. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, our Christ, we pray and praise you. Let the people of God rejoice and say amen. Thank you for listening to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to accept Christ, join our church, help continue the work we are doing in our ministries, watch live on Sundays, find us on social media, or give online, you can visit the link in the episode description. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.